0: Amen. And, and uh, no, I uh, I love I love preachers. I love preachers. I love preachers' wives. And I always, re- always try to be reminded that uh, somebody's wife is listening to me. You know, teach you some things if you're preaching. Somebody's wife is listening to you. So you ought to probably act like you got some brains. So second kings chapter number 6 um chapter number five i'm not going to say anything that you hadn't heard tonight before there won't be any new nuggets there won't be uh anything that you hadn't heard probably a number of times it'll just be a reminder we have a lady in our church who always tells me i've heard that before and i said well you're gonna hear it again And I love her. She's she's a sweetheart, but she always tells me that. I've heard that message before. I said, well, you're going to hear it again. And uh, probably in about six months, you're probably going to hear it again. And um, so, you know, what do you do as a preacher when, you know, when you run out of stuff to preach after about six months, eight months? Well, you go back over the ones that you had before, clean them up, take all the lies out of them, and preach them again because half the people weren't there. And the other half weren't listening. So just go ahead and preach it again. They'll come up to you after service and say, Boy, I'd never heard that before. And you say, Praise the Lord. And you'll just be a wonderful preacher that says, Hallelujah. That I'm so grateful that you never heard this before. And you go back into your file and realize that you preached it three times and they were there every time. But don't worry about it. It'll be all right. Everything will be just fine. So I'm not going to bring anything new tonight. I'm really not going to preach a whole, a long message tonight. I know that when you hear a Baptist preacher uh, say that, you automatically assume that he is a liar. And um, but really, I I, I am very um, as a pastor. You understand some things about guest preachers. Some people will hurt you, really really bad. Some guys will come in and be a real great blessing, and some will will cause you to have to repair something for about six months, maybe longer. And I. Uh, We've been friends a long time, but I don't want to say anything and and do anything that's going to hurt the ministry of uh, Harvest Baptist Church, because this is God's church, and um, we ought to be grateful and thankful and respectful uh, to uh, the man of God and to the church and the Word of God. 2 Kings chapter number 5, you know the story of Naaman. Naaman is a leper. Uh, I've studied this out and... You know, they say, well, it couldn't be leprosy. It would have to be psoriasis or something else. All I know is what the Bible says, so I'll just take what the Bible says. And if the Bible says it's leprosy, I'll just believe it's leprosy. And if the Bible says that, um, you know, that um, that's what he needed curing from, then that's exactly what he needed curing from. The Bible doesn't need to be corrected. Uh, I don't need to correct it. And by the way, I, I don't have the credentials to correct it. Amen. I didn't write it, and I'm... Not about to correct God's word, and it doesn't need to be corrected. It's been just fine for all these years, and it'll continue to be fine long after we're gone. Amen. Yeah. Second Kings chapter number five, verse one says, "Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was a mighty man in valor. But he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And don't never underestimate the power of a simple word or a simple witness she doesn't say very much but she says enough she doesn't say a whole lot but what she said made the difference and because he listened he didn't listen too well and he needed some prompting but nonetheless had it not been for her witness for her simple statement he'd still be a leper You know, sometimes we we think that the words that we say are insignificant. Sometimes we think that uh, the things that we do are insignificant. But God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. God's not going to do that. Verse number three, and she said unto her, uh, verse number four, and one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid, that is, of the land of Israel, and the king of Syria said, "Go to, go. I will send a letter unto the king of Israel." What's... And he departed and took with him ten thousand ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, "Now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have there was sent Naaman my servant to thee that thou mayest recover him of the leprosy." Now. He... Here's the question I'm gonna propose to you. She didn't say nothing about Ben Hadad II, if that was the king. I'm sorry, ben the II or Jehoram, the Israelite king. She didn't, the little maid didn't say, You need to go over there and see Jehoram, because Jehoram couldn't do nothing for her. Couldn't do nothing for him either. The person that could do something for him was the preacher. Yeah. It was the preacher. That she said, would God, he went and seen the preacher, not the king. So Ben-Hadad sends a letter to the king, and he gives this letter, and he reads this letter, and he says, am I God to kill, to make alive? Well, he got the wrong information. How many times do we give the wrong information? You ever look at those stupid GPSs, Amen. Sometimes them things that have you somewhere and you're wondering where they are. And then all of a sudden they say recalculating. Amen? And you're saying, hey, hold on. I thought we were supposed to be here. Just a little bit of wrong information can cause a major problem. And a national problem was at stake. And all this guy was trying to do was get some healing. But he had no problem going in there and and taking captive people and fighting against the Israelites but the letter was addressed to the king that he could recover him maybe he thought that uh Eli- maybe the king of uh of Syria thought that Elisha was just one of these old bootleg preachers that just kind of on the roll with the with the king some preachers aren't that way amen there are some preachers like Micaiah the son of Imla hey they're, they're not for sale they're not hanging out with the king they're not saying uh, they're not hey they're going to stand for what's right, whether they get smitten on the face or not. They're going to do what's right, say what's right. And they're going to tell you, if, if you come again at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken unto me. See, Micaiah was a man of God. Elisha was a man of God. Elijah was a man of God. We need to be men of God. Verse number Seven And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover the man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. I got so much more to read, but I just we don't have time for me to read it. Get right into the body of the message. This young little girl was taken captive and she became a house slave to Naaman and Mrs. Naaman. Now she could have complained and she could have said she was abused. Remember now she was taken probably from her mother and her father, family, cousins, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, if she had some, and she became a house slave to Naaman and to his wife. You know what I like about this young lady? She gives, she gives number one, the prescription to healing. And the prescription was, go find the preacher. Now, here's what she could have said. I ain't telling you nothing. You got me over here against my will, and I got my rights, and I don't think you should, I don't care if you die anyway. You sure didn't care about it when your boys took me out of my family's house and got me over here. And I'm under your, pretty much under your leadership Pretty much captive, but you know what she had? She had some compassion. She had some concern because she cared about people. You know the best thing you can ever do is care about people. I don't. I don't care what the way they live. Look, you used to live worse than that, amen. And such were some of you. But you are washed, ye are cleansed. Don't expect somebody that's unsaved to live like a saved person. Man, we got church folks. Don't act like church folks, amen. And you expect expecting unsaved people to act like church folks. You don't want them to act like that, amen? You want them to act like saved people because they need to get saved before they can act like saved people. There's no need to expect unsaved people to live like saved people. It does not happen. It's not going to happen. This woman was a wonderful young lady, and thank God for her because through her simple words, a man says in verse number 15, he says, and he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and, and stood before him and said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. You know where that started? It started with just some simple words out of a young lady who probably had an axe to grind or could have, held, could, have held a, uh, could have had a bad attitude and said, Hey, I don't care if you ever get healed. I hope you die. Now, that's the way some of us would say it. Hey, this is the way I was treated. I'm gonna give it back to you in spades. Well, that's not the way she is, and that's the way you shouldn't be either. We ought to love our enemies. I didn't say that was easy, amen. Because it's not easy. That's what the that's what Jesus said in on the Sermon on the Mount. Love your enemies. Oh boy, we we love we hey, we love the for God so loved the world. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, but the hard stuff, nah, we're gonna bypass that. No, nah, no, we don't need to bypass anything. Her captivity was unfair, for sure, just like Joseph's. Joseph, he was, he was sold by his own brothers. He was sold to the Ishmaelites or to the Midianites. What, what, isn't there a contradiction? No, there's no contradiction because you remember Abraham uh, had, a, had, a, had a relationship with Hagar. She became uh, the mother of Ishmael, and then he he had the son of promise, which was Isaac, and then after Sarah dies, he marries Keturah, and through Keturah, we find that Midian is born, so Ishmael and Midian's brothers. I know I'm going to hang out with my brothers. You going to hang out with your brothers? I mean, they might be they might not be the greatest brothers, but I'm still going to hang out with them. So maybe it was with both of them. It just seems that way. There's no contradiction in the scriptures. So he's sold into the hand of the Ishmaelites. They sell him to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife lies. He gets put in jail. Uh, he rises to being a leader in the jail. Then the butler and the baker come in. And of course, they, uh, they um, uh, have, have dreams. And the, and the but- Joseph says to the butler, hey, tell me your dream. And, and don't interpretations belong to the Lord? And, and he said, here's the interpretation. In three days, you're going to have your job back. Hey, you just laid off for three days. Don't worry about it. You don't have to collect unemployment. It's all right. He's about to bring you back after three days. He's going to give you the cup. going to give you a nice, healthy raise. That's not in the Bible. That's my added. He's going to take care of you real good. And the baker, he looks at him and says, hey, I'd like to go ahead and get uh, mine interpreted too. He said, well, in three days, you finished. It's over. Just cancel Christmas. Don't even, hey, just go ahead and get the pallbearers ready because you're getting ready to have a funeral. Now, you know what I like about, you know what I like about Joseph? Joseph didn't cut the mustard. Joseph told them what they needed to hear. Hey, just because it was good for the butler didn't mean it was going to be good for the baker. And just because it's good for you doesn't mean it's good for them. And you'll see the same people with the same message. Some walk out in tears, some walk out with frowns. Amen. Naaman was an interesting individual. Or this little young lady, she's like Joseph. Of course, Joseph after that Pharaoh has a dream, because he told his butler, hey, remember me, you know, when you get back over there, you know, we, we tight, you know what I mean? We're we good. Look out for me. You got my back, right? Sure, man, I got you. Forgot him for two years. Pharaoh has his dream, the corn and the kind. And and he asked these soothsayers or these magicians or wise men, and they can't interpret. And so the butler says, "Hey, I remember this Hebrew down there in uh, in in in, the, in jail." It's amazing that when Pharaoh needed his dream interpreted, he went to a jail to get a Hebrew slave. Do you let me tell you something about Naaman? Naaman's second in charge, and if you look at verse seven. Uh, oh, verse seven i 'm um, sorry uh, let 's see uh, verse number five if you look at verse five you 'll see the magnitude of the present that he brought he brought uh, ten talents uh, excuse me he brought uh, ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, ten changes of raiment now let 's be real about this if he if he brought these this silver and this gold, he didn't go to no Walmart to get those clothes. He went to Fifth Avenue, amen, or he went to Beverly Hills. He didn't go to Sears, he, 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 no. Uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't go to Chess King, unless some of you know where that it was well, back in the day in the 80s, with a little piano tie, amen, a little skinny tie, and the brothers walking around with the big old, with the big old breaking uh, pants, yeah, no. know. You know what I'm talking about. L- listening to Run DMC. Amen. All right. Hey, I don't know if I'll be back after a couple of weeks, but it would be all right. They got other preachers. They got three here. Amen. They can do it. They can do the job. Some estimate this was nearly $3 million. And if this was $3 million, and he got that from Ben-Hadad, you know there was more money to come from there. So what are you getting at? I'm saying... Naaman would have been exposed to the greatest and best medical care there was at that time. But you know where the medical care, the real medical care came from? An old house slave in his house. Doesn't make sense, does it? doesn't make sense that an old house slave can give you the antidote to your problem. doesn't make sense that you're going to go down to the prison house and ask this Hebrew slave to come interpret your dream, and he's going to be prime minister, and he's going to end up saving his whole family and the country and everything else. It just doesn't make sense. And neither does it make sense you being in church on a Sunday night. Why would you go listen to some crazy preacher tell you some stuff and then you go, then you're gonna put money in the plate too to give to some other people that why would you do something like that? Why would you you have people tell you that why would you go to that church? Why would you give that All they looking for is your money? Why would you do all that stuff? It doesn't make any sense. But it does make sense to God. It does make sense to the Lord church. Boy, does it make sense. It doesn't make sense. How can you have a person that never finished school but yet he can be a preacher? How is it that a person that not the most educated? You know, it's amazing, Brother Marty. I, I was um, um, uh, 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 I had a, a lesson at ten o'clock for a couple uh, couple that's gonna join our church, and uh, um, I mean, they're just they got a whole lot more brains than I do, and I, hey, that doesn't take much, hey, amen. I mean, good night. You can you can finish kindergarten and be all right. You uh... be all right. But I'm telling you, they're attorneys, and I'm, I'm looking at them, and I'm talking to them. And, and a while back, God, God, God gave me victory over that crazy stuff. It ain't, it ain't what people do. It isn't what people do. It isn't their education. And it, it, praise the Lord. If you, if you have an education, praise the Lord. If you want to get an education, praise the Lord. Get all you can, can all you get, but never forget about him. You'll never be too smart for him. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a nice job as long as it doesn't have you. There's nothing wrong with having money as long as it doesn't have you. Amen. And uh, we sat down and we discussed some things and I, and, I, and I was just thinking, these folks look like a thermometer. They got so many degrees. And me, I'm just a bootlegger. I'm just, old, I'm just an old hack, you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. Not in the world, but it's the Lord. That woman said something to me that blessed my soul, preacher. She said, you're a leader, and we need a leader in our life. And I was thinking, good night. That's what I'm talking about. And she don't know, she don't know what little words she gave me this morning at 10, how that helped me through my message, how that's helped me through my afternoon. And what a blessing it is to share with you that a woman of that caliber can say, we need a leader, and you're one. Hey, Amen. I'll take that. I'll, I'll take that to the bank. Amen? Yeah. I won't get much deposit for it, but I assure you, in here, it's the little things, church. It's the, it's the little words that you give. Seeing Brother Ray back there, thanking the Lord for Brother Ray. Brother. I remember Brother Patterson, him and Brother Ray, I had them guys doing a floor. Amen? First time I ever met Brother Patterson, I put him to work. Amen. Hey, you can't come to Grace Baptist and not work. I'm Brother Marty. You better bring your work boots or something. Hey, a hammer, a trowel, a, 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 a coil nailer. Hey, we, Brother Ray, you can get no more coil nailers. You need to bring a paintbrush or something. Brother Ray told me the last time we was putting some French doors up, and he said... And, and he said, let's, let's get this just right. I said, man, let it ride. It'll be all right. Don't even worry about it. Let it ride. That's my, hey, after about two days of me and, and on this job site, Brother Ray's out there saying, just let it ride. Just let it ride. Hey, don't even put a level on it. Who cares? Just let it ride. He did. He just said, hey, we had Jim Paul out there. He's a contractor. He said, oh, just let it ride. Whatever. Just put it up. If it falls down, Brother Rube, pick it up. It'll be all right. Let it ride. You know what Brother Ray said to me? He said, I got to work myself up every morning when I know I'm coming to work with you. Amen? <laughs> doesn't make sense. Why would Brother Ray give up a successful construction business to go build churches with preachers that ain't even appreciative of the work that he does and won't even support him when his knees hurt? Amen. That's ridiculous. I'll tell you why. Because he has a love for his Savior. That's right. And it doesn't make sense. That's right. Doesn't make sense. But it does with God. It really does. Naaman was a wonderful guy, a good commander, and you know, I was thinking about this. Elijah was mentioned has been was was mentioned uh, twenty nine times in mentioned twenty nine times in New Testament. Elisha one time. And it talks about that when Jesus is preaching in the synagogue in Nazareth and they reject him. And they want to throw him and kill him over, over the hill. They, they didn't like, they didn't like that, that Jesus was talking about Elisha and Naaman. Jonah didn't like the Ninevites. He didn't care for them Gentiles. They didn't. Them folks didn't like that Jesus went to Sarepta or Zarephath and met that widow and her life got changed. You know why? Because Jews was racist. That's why. You'll be all right. You'll you be all right. Don't worry. We ain't having no meeting. We ain't going to be no picket signs tonight. You'll be all right. You'll be fine. Everything's going to be all right. Don't get nervous. You'll be just right. You'll be just fine. Amen. Because it was. Hey, they, hey, you had to be like them. I don't want nobody to be like me. I want folks to be like him. Right. Hey, folks be like me? Hey. Brother Patterson, I've had some of my converts running around. They smoke Newports, smoke crack, drink 40s, drink Mad Dog. Hey, but when you got Jesus converts, That's right, hey, they change. Yes, hey, I don't need people to become Reuben Collins converts. I don't need my disciples. I need some of Jesus' disciples. And when Jesus changes a person, it don't make sense. It don't make sense. How does that make sense that this old this old guy can just change from a from a drunken brawler into a servant of God? I love people like that. I just I I I mean, look, the same grace that it takes to 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 uh, to save a drunken bum from it, it is the same from a young man that comes from a Christian home, whatever that is. I I love the stories, not 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 the sin. I love the the redemption stories how wonderful God is. I love stories like that. I love the book. I love the book. I don't know where I'm going with this. You'll be all right. Remember this. Let me give you, let me give you, let me give you, I've got seven points here. I'm not going to get to all of them, so I'll I'll condense them. Amen? You ever get that condensed soup? You're going to get some of that tonight. You'll be all right. You'll be glad because we'd we'll be here for a while. I, I, got, I got the point number five and I had already gone an hour this morning. And uh, so... I had to wrap it up. I saw people getting a little fidgety. They were lying and saying they had a roast in there. They was going out to eat. They know they ain't got no roast in the oven. They was going out to eat, but they were still fidgety, man. Stop all the nonsense. We must remember, church, we must remember that our service is not insignificant. What you do for Jesus is not in vain. It's not. So I haven't done much. It doesn't matter. Thank, thank, thanks for coming to church tonight. Yeah. You didn't have to. Hey. You did. Thank you. Thanks for coming to church. Thanks for helping Brother Ray. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. Plate could have came to you, you could have got an attitude to mind, given them nothing. But you didn't do that. Thank God. Remember that your service is not in, is not insignificant. It's not. What you do for Jesus Christ is important, even if you don't think you're getting rewarded now. One day you will, and it may not be in this lifetime. It may be over yonder. I've just gotten away from this crazy stuff of I have to compete with a different church, and you know I just I don't go to these meetings anymore where where I got to sit here and listen to the latest greatest. Uh, I just ain't got time for it. I'm just going I'm going to do what I know God wants us to do. I'm going to minister to those wonderful people. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love them. I'm going to be a blessing to them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to smoke them a couple times, too, when they need it. Just like every one of us needs to get smoked from time to time. Amen. We do. Every one of us needs to be straightened out. Don't think people are going to get changed because you don't tell them nothing. Well, I'm just hoping that they just straighten out. Hey, tell them to straighten out. Amen. Help them out. Hey, encourage them to straighten out. Hey, you got to confront people, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when men will not heed sound doctrine, but heed to themselves teachers having itching ears. Hey, church, sometimes you just have to say the things that, that sting. I said to that couple, I said, you, got the, you guys have some wonderful, wonderful abilities, talents, and you could be so used at this church, but you can't, you can't be used if you can't be on time. I'm sorry, it just isn't going to work that way. Got to have you on time. Don't ever forget that your service is not insignificant. The words that you say, they're so important. There's people that I have run out of church because of words I've said. There's people that love me because of words I've said. And there's people that can't stand me because of words I've said. And some of them, they are legitimate gripes and complaints because I shouldn't have said them. See, some preachers, you know what they say? I was in the spirit, brother. No, you're in the flesh. You know it. Church knows it. Everybody else knows it. Your wife knows it. That's why when you get in the car and you say, hey, how'd you like that? and She don't say nothing. You already know. I just, hey, just, hey, I, folks come to me and say, preach, that was a great service. Then I get home and then I get the real deal. Amen. Sweetheart, how was it? Just, just out of control, out of control. You just need to calm down. Stop getting so worked up. Stand still. Stop acting like a gorilla and act right. Hey, we have some serious conversations at our house, hey, amen. We don't, we don't play these crazy games. We don't, well, things are just so wonderful and pleasant and gracious and wonderful. You crazy. My wife say, are you crazy out of your mind talking to people like that? You all to straighten it up and knock it off. <laughs> before I go upside your head, fool. <laughs> just, hey, church, we must remember that the service that we render to God isn't insignificant. It really isn't what this young lady did. Now, what God's trying to do is he's trying to break this man of his pride. He really is because he gets down there. I love it. Going to be a little bit of embellishment here, Brother Marty. Be all right. You have to clean this up. But he goes down to he goes down to Naaman. He goes Naaman goes down there to uh, Elisha's old broke down shack because he hadn't had a raise in about 10 years as a preacher. So he ain't got he ain't got but a couple of pairs of sandals and both of them broken, amen. And he's walking, dragging one of them. And he's got this, he, he, he's got this old shack that the, that the roof leaks and it don't have no insulation and it's cold, and he's got old broke down potbelly stove in there. And here comes, here comes Naaman. Now don't think he came alone, because if he had all that money, like three million dollars, you know what he's got? A security team. So he's got him a caravan. Don't think that he didn't. Hey, they didn't trust people like we don't trust people. Hey, you see them guys riding around them armored cars? You know why they're called armored cars? Because folks steal, amen? Amen, yeah. hey, that's why them guys are packing. Hey, you're going to get me to pack for no $12 an hour. Hey, if I work in that thing, I'm taking that money, amen? You didn't hear that from me, hey, amen? I'm just saying, I ain't, I ain't guarding no millions of dollars for $12 an hour. You must be crazy. Nah. no. We're going to figure out a way to get a pay increase. (laughs) Some of you just got that, amen? You You got to get with the program. You guys better come down to Windsor, amen? Anyway, he had an entourage. He shows up at the preacher's house, right? He expects the preacher to roll out the red carpet. Preacher's sitting reading his Bible, preparing for Sunday's message, amen? And he says, going out there and tell him to go down to Jordan. Man, that dude gets teed off at him. I thought he would come out and he'd do some wonderful thing. And he said, man, I ain't going out there. Here's what you need to do: going down to Jordan. And you know what he says? Hey, ain't abandoning far-par rivers at Damascus better than this old nasty, filthy, stinking river called the Jordan? That goes to the Dead Sea from the Sea of Galilee? What? Are you kidding me? Why should I go over there? He said, hey, do whatever you want to do. Go on over there to Abana and far apart. When you come out that water, you better understand some leprosy hadn't gone anywhere. Here's the way. It's one way. It's one way. Well, I think it's this religion, and I think it's this religion, and I think it's the Baptist church, and I think it's a Catholic church, and a Pentecostal church, and the church of God. It ain't none of them. It's one way. It's one way. You want your sins cleansed? You're going to have to go to Calvary. Amen. There ain't but one way. You want to get cleansed from your sin, from your leprosy, naming? Here's where you got to go. You got to go down there to Jordan. I don't care if you like it. I don't care how far it takes. I don't care if it's 32 miles away. I don't care how dirty it is. I don't care if you don't want to go there and you want to go your own way. Help yourself, but you're not getting cleansed. End of the road. And not only do you have to go there, you need to go there seven times, dip seven times. I ain't say two. I ain't say four. Don't take no shortcut. I ain't coming out and talking to you no way. Go on out there and tell him because I ain't got time to listen to this crazy stuff. Hey, he wasn't going out there. I thought, you know, that that's a preacher right there. That's a preacher right there. Hey, they, no, I ain't coming out there. Hey, don't you know who this is? I don't care who it is. Study my Bible for Sunday message. Coming out of my house, I got other things to do. Go on over there and tell him what he needs to do. I've already talked to uh, Jehoram because he done ripped his garments. He's lamenting and worrying that we're going to have a fight here because the two can't get along. Sound like a church. Yeah, on, man. Amen. And, you know, he's, he's sitting in there. He says, Tell that guy to go down there. And, and then here, here's the problem I, I love this, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. His, his naming, He gets some help from this slave girl, this, his wife's maid. He, he listens to her, but he, his pride won't let him listen to the man of God. So guess what happens? His slaves or his servants say, hey, look, Mac, if the guy told you to do something great, wouldn't you do it? Why don't you just go on down there and wash seven times and knock off the foolishness? And he does, and his flesh comes like a little child. You ever smell babies? Now I ain't talking about, I ain't talking about soiled babies. <laughs> no, I'm talking about them new, them new ones, like the new cars that you buy and get jacked up over. I'm about to drive this car, I got this new car, I'm gonna go for a ride, where are you going? I don't even know, I just wanna drive it because it's new. Smell that? Let's go for a ride. Where are we going? I don't know. Let's go get some ice cream. We don't have any money. We'll be all right. Let's just go for a ride. You ever smell them babies? They just, they smell like babies. They just, baby smell. That's, his, his flesh came like that. Here's a, simple, here's a simple outline. There was a prescription given by the maid. But the pride of Naaman didn't want to listen. But finally, these folks, these servants, pretty much got him to go down and there was the power of God that took place and he made this statement there's no other God in the world except the Lord God of Israel hey you know what happens church when you run into God he does something wonderful in your life does something wonderful in your life and by the way you can take your instructions from somebody that you never thought would ever give you the instructions Go down to Hartford Hospital. Do they have a hospital in Torrington? Do they? Okay. You can go to the hospital in Torrington, and you can look at all the physicians you want, but those physicians could not give this man what he needed. What he needed was at the house in the most obscure way. And I can't help but wonder if the mistress and her maid was talking one day, and they just she said, boy, I wish my husband was, because um, it looks like in verse 11 that this Leprosy was in a specific place, maybe not the whole body. Maybe they were talking and they said, um, My husband's got leprosy. Well, ma'am, all you've got to do is go see the preacher in Samaria. That's it. That's it. Maybe he's tried all these other things. If you'll just go down there and listen to the prophet, he can help him. He didn't say he had to have a meeting with the prophet and have some groceries with the prophet and had to go to Applebee's with the prophet and had to, had to go to Cracker Barrel with the prophet. He said, go down to the prophet. The prophet knew he was outside, and he gave him the instructions, and he didn't like the instructions. You know what a lot of folks don't like? Instructions. But you know what instructions will do? They'll save your life. You know what those signs on that road try to do? When I drive a tractor-trailer, and I'm sick of four-wheelers, you drive a four-wheeler, I'm not sick of you. But they'll weave in and out to beat the truck. I just let folks go. I just let them go, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't try to beat anybody because I know I'm gonna kill somebody if they get run over by an 18-wheeler. I already know that, so I just, I just let them go. And I look at the sign, and I know you don't never do this, but I say, don't you see that sign, stupid? Yeah. Yeah. I know you don't do that because you saved, amen? You're walking with Jesus. Amen. If somebody comes up on the back, what are you doing? Get out of my, back up. Why are you so close? Can't you read? I don't know who you're talking to. Your kids are looking at you like, this is a crazy person. About 10 years later, they get their license. They're doing the same thing. You know what those roads are out there for? To save your life. You know, when you, when you go 100 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour, and you can't make the turn and you, and you turn the car over or you run over some child down there like they did in Meriden the other day, because you're out of control, and you're looking at your stupid phone and you're not paying attention, and you don't obey the, the rules of the road. Everybody, want, everybody wants rules everywhere else, but they don't want to be told no instructions from the scriptures. And then they wonder why then they wonder after 20 years, why their life is all jacked up, and they want to sit down with the preacher in five minutes, hey, he ain't going to be able to fix it. So stop it. It ain't going to happen. It took you 20, 20 years to get you in your problem and it's going, to take you long, it's going to take you longer than five minutes sitting in a counseling session hoping he can repair the breach when ain't no way you can repair it right away. You know what you did? You disregarded all those signs. You disregarded the speed limit. You disregarded the no, the, you remember the, remember the, do you remember that sign? Wrong way, go back. I guess they don't want to offend nobody no more. I ain't seen that for a while. It just says, do not enter, like somebody's going to listen to that. Wrong way, go back. I like that. You know what you need to be told? Wrong way, go back. Get the instructions. Take the instructions. And remember, they just might save your life.